Hello and thanks for tapping play on the Zags on 3 podcast. Times are changing in Zagland. Nigel Williams-Goss has declared for the NBA draft and he has hired an agent, as has Zach Collins, who has announced his intentions to hire an agent and declared last week. Mark Few was at Warriors practice yesterday talking to Warriors assistant Mike Brown, the father of New Mexico grad transfer Elijah Brown. Brian Alberts, bench shooting guard has announced his decision to transfer from the program after uh, intending to uh, earn his degree. I'm Andy Bueller here with Justin Reed and Josh Horton, the usual suspects. How are you guys doing today? And uh, does the air feel different or is that just um, is that just the fact that, that all these changes are coming within, within a week span? Well, um, besides the weather being nice, I think the air is fairly normal. Uh, at least it should be normal for uh, for us here at GEU because I think if we want to take the next step as a basketball program, this should become more commonplace, and we should expect things like this to happen. But I think there's still some uh, some weird feelings out there when it comes to uh, the basketball program. Are you going to shave your beard now that the weather's nice? Probably not. I might, you know, might be a little bit better at keeping up at trimming it, but probably not. Okay, weird question. If it's midway through the summer and you shave your beard and you've been seeing a lot of sun, mm-hmm. is your face like tan in weird blotches? That's have a, you, have that, you had that? Have you done that before? I've never done that before. That's a great question. I don't know if I want to experience that, uh, but I might look it up on the internet because I now am curious. But that's a great question. I'm not the right person to ask. That's your way of saying, Andy, would you shut up? Pretty much. No, no, no. In, interesting question. I appreciate the uh, the curiosity. <laughs> Good job. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> you want to weigh in, Josh? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a pass on, on that topic of conversation. But if we're talking about Gonzaga, I'd love to contribute. All right, well, go ahead. So Nigel has gone to the NBA. Uh, Zach Collins gone to the NBA. Uh, both, uh, I would say, were the most predictable uh, of everyone. I, I, I kind of, last week when we recorded with Jim Meehan of the Spokesman Review, I, I kind of threw out there that I, I felt like everyone who... Uh, had a significant uh, contribution uh, owed it to themselves to at least test the waters, um, you know, whether they're getting draft looks or not. I think that, you know, as a player, you can, you know, exercising that autonomy is something that uh, one reasonably uh, justifiably could do. Uh, I'm not surprised that, you know, Josh Perkins and Jonathan Williams didn't um, or anyone else didn't. But uh, at the same time, Collins, Goss, both huge, huge pieces in Gonzaga's historic uh, run to the national title game. Um, both, you know, deserve to uh, capitalize on that. And uh, while the stock's high, um, and 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 go to the next level. Um, Josh, I mean, were, were you surprised at all? No, I, I kind of had a. F- I was I was leaning towards Zach Collins and Nigel Williams Goss. I had um, a suspicion that maybe both of them would leave, especially after Zach Collins' NCAA tournament performance and that South Carolina game in particular. And then Nigel Williams Goss, it just like uh, you you think about what he has left to con- to contribute to this Gonzaga program um, and to himself. He already has his uh, his bachelor's degree after completing. Um, or he will complete his bachelor's degree uh, no, he in about a month. In December. Did he? Yeah. Well. Even more. Yeah. Even I, more I am mistaken. <laughs> no, but yeah. I, I kind of felt that uh, both would would lean towards uh, declaring, and um, it, that followed suit. And a fun a fun story. I was sitting in my marketing class, and um, about five minutes after my uh, phone blew up, was Zach Collins committing to um, 
hiring an agent and declaring for the NBA draft, he uh, rode by on a on a bike. So I thought that was a, a fun moment, and just kind of uh, it was a little humanizing, I guess. You know, I'm sure the decision was made well in advance uh, of Jeff Goodman um, posting that tweet to ESPN to ESPN and Twitter, but uh, it was it was just fun to see. Um, you know. It's uh, it's not just like him in a room, maniacally just declaring for the draft, and then it's just like a big, big decision. It's, you know, he's he's still a college kid, and um, college kids ride bike. Hey, so inside scoop, uh, seven footers indeed do ride bikes. Uh, I remember when Channing when Channing Fry was a blazer back in like 2009. I saw him in Bend, Oregon, riding this like kids bike around and Channing Fry 6'11 and this just looked I mean it, it it looked painful it was just it was just not fun to watch he's riding it in circles not very fast um but you know hey seven footers do ride bikes what I w- what I was wondering is was he just uh was he just trying to get somewhere on his bike or was he just going for a bike ride I think he was dinking around with friends because everyone was uh he had like a couple friends with him and he was the only one on a bike so they were walking. So I think it was just he was just kind of messing around uh, in in a segue that won't happen. Uh, uh, Wait, he was smoothly. riding a, seg- a segue or a bike. You said segue. Shut your mouth. I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't paying much attention. All right, Justin. Uh, good morning, and uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, where where do you guys think these, uh, you know, Nigel and Collins' legacy stands at, at Gonzaga? You both only played for a year. Um, maybe you know, five years ago, you look at it. I mean, you look at a guy like Austin Day, who uh, I th- think Zag fans. Uh, may have looked back on as someone who could have contributed more to the program um, in his short stay, you know, stayed more than a year. Um, but Collins, Williams, Goss both play for a year. Um, where do you think their legacy stands given how much, uh, how much they contributed in that one year? I think it's it's very interesting to look at their legacies and how their perceptions are a little different. Um, with Nigel already having his degree, I think people are willing to accept that he made such an impact on the program, especially with the big minutes he played and being Gonzaga's go-to scorer down the stretch. He was, he was Gonzaga's pretty much their best player um, all season long for the, for the whole season throughout the NCAA tournament stretch. Uh, I think people will, will look at that and will, will think really fondly on Nigel Williams-Goss. Based on some of the reactions to Zach Collins committing, I think it's more of a, you know, what could have been. I think people are, are really um, pondering what could have been if Zach Collins stayed for another year um, and got the minutes that maybe Shamek Karnowski or a guy like Sabonis got in his, his second year when Shamek uh, Karnowski went out with a back injury and he was able to uh, get starter minutes and he thrived. He put up big numbers. Um, I think people really wanted to see that from Zach Collins. It's hard to follow the kid for following his dream and um, especially with the NBA draft projections that Zach Collins has currently, but... I think that's kind of where their legacy stands right now, and we'll see. It, I think a lot of it will depend on um, what Zach does in the NBA and uh, uh, Nigel, vice versa. But you know, I think their legacies right now—that's where they stand, and they're still they're still kind of forming. I think it's still pretty fluid. Yeah, I think uh, I think Zach Collins will become the first of of you would have to assume more one and dones for this for this program, uh, and I think it's difficult for the GU community to understand that and to uh, to fully accept that in order to become a powerhouse perennial 
you know, Elite Eight, Final Four contender, that you will have players who are good enough to leave after one year. And that's just the nature of, of the college game right now. Uh, so I think looking at Zach Collins right now, I don't think his legacy is appreciated as much as Nigel's is. But I think in the future that will increase. Um, Nigel just was the face of this team leader of this team uh the main reason why this team was so special uh and so his impact is more direct and uh, i think more powerful at the moment uh, but i think they both were very instrumental in shaping future bulldog basketball program uh, teams i mean when when you look at some of the guys at least in, in recent years that that were uh, gonzaga's uh, supposed you know get a bucket guys when the possession kind of breaks down um or there's uh, a shift in momentum to the other team's way and and you need a guy to get the bucket um i think you look at a guy like kyle wilcher who was you know really effective at that kevin pangos uh, in ways was effective at that um but when it came to the ncaa tournament when it came to big big games against really athletic teams um those guys i mean I, you know, you look at Nigel, he was able to do it on the biggest stage in, in a way that I think no Zag was, uh, you know, was ever able to accomplish. You, you look at that national title game with like a minute, thir- it was right before uh, Nigel had sprained his ankle when he got that, you know, he had that back down, uh, you know, turn around off the glass uh, over, was it Theo Pinson, I think, you know, just, just a grown man bucket uh, in on the biggest stage. And he was able to do that all season, you know, had such a diverse game, um, didn't, you know, it was pretty much an airtight uh, skill set and toolkit. Um, and just the way he was, he acted like, um, the way you could see how much he cared um, throughout the season, um, especially in that interview right after the loss, you knew how much it meant to him and how human he was with Zag fans. Um, I mean, from a student's perspective, just seeing him around campus at, you know, at AAU events, taking pictures with everyone, introducing himself to people. Um, I think that, you know, Nigel being the team leader, um, you, you look at a guy who um, meant so much to the community and brought the community something it never had before. Um, I think that's a, you know, a big reason why you know, no one's faulting him for leaving despite him having another year of eligibility. And I think what Justin brought up, the leadership component is also really key to Nigel's legacy. He came in in his first year of eligibility and became essentially the de facto team leader uh, right off the bat. And I think people, you know, responded to that. Um, it resonated with a lot of fans. And I think that will also, um, you know, just build up Nigel's legacy, you know, even more so than a lot of the things that you mentioned, Andy. Yeah, you, well, you're talking about the leadership, too. And I think, I mean, he, he brought together a team full of misfits in the sense that they had never played played together um, in a game. They practiced together, of course. But this was this team was an extreme unknown coming into the season. I think ESPN, or sorry, I think uh, the AP poll had them at 14 in the preseason. And I was confused. I didn't know what this team was going to be because there was four new starters, uh, three incoming transfers. And I, I had no idea that this would ever happen. And I think a huge part of that... Aside from the coaching staff and Mark Few building this team and making sure that they fit together and running the right offensive sets uh, and defensive sets, I think it was Goss, Williams Goss, who put everyone in their place and was vocal on the court and was had to have been vocal in the locker room uh, and during practices to make sure that people understood uh, or that they could reach their maximum potential. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So leaving, you know, that you brought up that uh, team of misfits. Uh, Gonzaga, you know, according to Ken Palm, only had a 30% minute continuity of this season's team from last season's team. We'll see a a similar thing next year as uh, four big contributors leave the team. Nigel, you have Brian Alberts, Shemek Karnowski, Jordan Matthews, team's third third leading scorer, clutch bucket guy, big shooter, uh, Shemek Karnowski, and I think I already said him and uh and Zach Collins so you've got five guys leaving 59% of the team scoring similar number to last year when you lost Sabonis and uh Wilcher I want to say that was 60% of the scoring it was up there yeah so I, I think it's right it's at very, 50% yeah. um then 51% of its rebounding um big a big returning piece uh and someone that'll be fun to watch um see if they can you know take even a a next step you know took a big step this year is jonathan williams the team's leading rebounder um to see you know see if how much he's involved in the offense gonzaga's always gone through its bigs and he's going to be the pillar down low um but you know to see how how big of a piece he's going to be in in next year's team um but undoubtedly losing a lot of guys um that said i'll take you guys through a couple of uh, potential lineups um but before that you know matthews jordan matthews committed to gonzaga on uh, june 23rd and so you know the grad transfer and the transfer window is still open um josh i know last year at least when we were sitting in class you would look at the transfer list uh, of eligible grad transfers and just salivate at guys like canyon berry <laughs> yeah canyon berry was a was a was a musket in my opinion obviously i don't make the decisions and that's probably <laughs> probably for the best but <laughs> underhanded free throws that would have been fun that would have been really fun. So who, but he was good at Florida. Who, who's in the market this year, aside from the guy that we know, Elijah Brown, who Mark Few and the whole coaching staff uh, was down uh, talking to Mike Brown at the Warriors practice uh, in Elijah Brown's top five? Yeah, like like you said, a lot of the, the grad transfer, that, that market sometimes develops a little later than just the, the average transfer market because, you know, guys graduate and then they decide they want to move on to different schools and get a degree at a different school. Obviously, Elijah Brown is kind of the guy to look out for regarding grad transfers. Nothing really has developed, um, you know, past that as far as interest, you know, toward Gonzaga. There are a few transfers. Markel Crawford at Memphis, a guy that averaged about 13 points a game for a, you know, a pretty bad Memphis team, but a talented one nonetheless. And then... Chase Jeter from Duke, who just never quite could fit in the rotation there. McDonald's All-American. McDonald's All-American at Bishop Gorman High School. I don't know if that matters at all. Like uh, Some people think that connection might you know, really help Gonzaga. I don't know if that's really as consequential as some people think. But Chase Jeter is also on the market. Just couldn't quite develop into the player that fit into Duke's offense. And um, he has Gonzaga on his list as well. So... We'll see. Um, we'll see how the transfer market develops, and I think it's still sort of developing. I think there will be some guys that eventually list Gonzaga on their list because Gonzaga currently has three and potentially four scholarships remaining, depending on what Ryan Edwards does. I know he's been quoted in newspaper clippings saying that he's not quite sure what his basketball future holds. So that would potentially open up another scholarship, and four scholarships to fill in spring is not easy. That is a tough task for for any coaching staff, even one like Gonzaga, which is very adept at finding transfers on the market that fit with the program. 
it's obviously a good year to um, have that problem in the sense that they just made their first national championship run. And I think more people will be clamoring to play under Mark Few and for this basketball program, especially kind of going back to Nigel Williams-Goss and how highly, and I mean, to, and Zach Collins, but specifically Williams-Goss and how highly he spoke of the GU community, uh, I think will really uh, lead more uh, players to GU. Certainly, yeah, and you have guys coming in. Uh, you know, you got Corey Kispert. Jesse Wade comes in next year, right? Yeah, he's, he's finally here. <laughs> yeah, um, a guy who, who announced his commitment a few years back before four, going on his, his LDS mission. Um, so that's worked out really well for BYU players, so I'm excited to see uh, how, he can, how he can play up here. Yeah, yeah, no, really excited to see Jesse Wade. Uh, you get potential lineups. Josh Perkins sliding back into that point guard position. Um, after you know this year playing a lot off the ball, you know he, him and Nigel traded off duties a lot of times. But uh, you look at uh, Perkins. I look at Perkins as a very capable leader at the point guard position, and so uh, you know someone with uh, as much experience uh, as there as you know most guys in the country at, at point guard. Uh, then you got Jesse Wade behind him uh, at the other guard position. Silas Melson coming back. He'll be a key veteran leader. Uh, see if his uh, scoring touches, if, if he gets more shots, has a little bit more free range there and, uh, you know, can elevate those percentages um, a little bit like he did last year from the year prior. Then you got Zach Norvell coming in. Uh, guy who's gotten a lot of hype is just a really great natural scorer. Um, uh, good frame at like 6'5". Uh, but redshirted this year. Will be a redshirt freshman next year out of Simeon High School, the same high school that produced uh, Jabari Parker and Derrick Rose. Then you got Corey Kispert, athletic guy from uh, the great state of Washington. Six, six, four, six, five. Six, six. Are you six, six? He's six, six, yeah. Yeah, he's about six, six. Great athlete, shooter. Uh, played in a lower uh, classification in high school, so you know who knows what that transition will look like. But he's certainly got the build to be able to um, uh, reasonably adjust um, at the three, potentially, depending on what they do with guards. But or, you know, early look, Rui Hachimura, someone who showed a lot of promise this year, and fans are, ge- are genuinely very excited about. Uh, then you got Jonathan Williams and Killian Tilly down low uh, with Jakob Larson uh, cementing. Um, and then Ryan Edwards in there, uh, you know, pending decisions on his future. So fun lineups potentially next year. You know, could they go big? Could they go small? Um, could they play with a really active front court with, you know, J3 and Killian? Do they bring Larson in? What does he look like? Um, and does Rui play the three? Because he potentially could. He I, he has the speed and quickness too. I think uh, he just kind of needs a channel. He's so so raw, and I think this summer uh, will be a huge uh, look at to what he will be as a basketball player. Because if he comes in next year and he looks you know not that improved, I think people will be less hyped on him. Um, but if he just looks you know just a, a couple ounces better uh, that he did this season, I think it's just going to kind of ramp up those uh, that excitement for him. I think the big thing with Rui is just acclimating himself not only with how college basketball is played in the United States but just enveloping himself in the culture in the United States I think that was a big uh, learning period for him and if you know neglecting to take a redshirt year which is obviously the player's decision and you know no one can fault him on that and I think it honestly will benefit him in the end because you know getting time to you know play on the court and seeing how it is in live action which is much different from practice that's something you can't can't be replicated and I think he will be set up for um, you know better development in the future 
uh, because he because he didn't take that redshirt year. But I think I think the coaching staff sees him as a three. I've seen um, I've seen things where they have have said that they really like him as a combo four, you know, three four guy that can you know play a lot of three and then also fill in for the four when needed. So I think Rui is an interesting player. Um, his development from next this year to next year will be absolutely instrumental to how good this Gonzaga team because a lot of people really um, really are high on Rui Hachimura's potential and rightfully so he showed f- he just oozed it at times at end of game situations he really did so it would be it would be interesting to see how he develops as well as you know some guys we haven't really gotten to look at such as Zach Norvell a really highly regarded guy like you said I think Jakob Larson um, I all reports out of uh, preseason camp was that he he was he was very uh he was very good um on the level of guys like Killian Tilly and and whatnot so uh, it'll be interesting to see how those guys perform um obviously there will be some growing pains with a lot of new players a lot of new faces and a lot of young players but it'll be interesting to see and especially what they do with the lineups because I think they have a lot of versatility with what they can do yeah he'll get they'll get tested early too with the with the Phil Knight uh 80 year uh classic in in Portland at the at the Moda Center yeah just absolutely stacked um so there will certainly be uh, chances to see this team on the big stage very early next season, which I know is going to excite people, uh, especially uh, those who, even though the season just ended, are itching and still are in the mindset of uh, Gonzaga basketball. Um, so that being said, Justin, if you want to run through really quick what, uh, going back to Zach Collins and Nigel's draft stock is, uh, according to the composite sites, uh, uh, go ahead and do so, and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, so looking first uh, at the NBA Draft Express, or Draft Express, I should say, uh, they haven't updated in, in a week, uh, so they don't have Nigel anywhere because uh, he obviously declared yesterday. Uh, but they do have Zach Collins on here, and currently they have him at 10, um, getting picked 10th overall uh, to the Kings. Again, that doesn't matter too much because the lottery is yet to happen. Um, but they have him at number 10. Uh, he's, and that, I think that's fair. You know, anywhere between, I've seen like 8 to 15. 14 uh, in that range and I think that's probably where he should go Uh, there's more uh, raw talented players ahead of him um, more athletic players but I think that's a good spot for him Uh, looking at nbadraft.net they have uh, updated since Williams Goss announced on three is a joint production between Isaac radio and the Gonzaga Bulletin. The show is produced by me, Andy Bueller and outro music is courtesy of Gonzaga alums, Matt Friedman and Ben Cavino. Special thanks to our station managers, Robert Perry and Sam Takizawa who helped make this thing happen.